I don't want to inspect it too much because I really don't want to end my run streak, but I also don't want to be injured for the rest of my life. So, you know, you got to weigh those two things. I think I'd probably rather be injured for the rest of my life than lose to my sister. So um, that's, that's, that's where I am right now. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll so, check back in next week and, and make sure you're, you're seven yeah. days further along. Yeah. I might be recovering from a left leg amputation. Hello, and welcome to The Final Turn, an upbeat podcast about all things running. I am Keith, a 40-year-old who will never stop running until I beat my sister's irritatingly ever-increasing consecutive days run streak. Well, except that bit of hyperbole is in serious peril as I injured my knee last week, and I'm super worried about it. But more on that in a minute. Who are you, co-host? I am Sean. I'm a 29-year-old currently looking forward to the day I can actually take a break from running once I hit my 2,500-mile goal in, in 2020. And uh, I'm currently on a 17-day running streak, so, so you might want to watch out. Okay. Well, you got you have over 100 days to, uh, <laughs> to close. Uh, uh, we swear we actually like running. Um, by the way, Sean, you're the only person in this room that believes that that break from running is actually going to happen <laughs> for you. Okay. Well, I'm here to support your ambitions. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So today we're going to talk about running etiquette. Uh, just like there's a right way to organize the utensils when you set the table, there are proper behaviors to observe when you go out for a run. We'll try not to be too snobby about it. We'll dive into which side of the road to run on, how to pass a five-person group in blockade form- formation, debate waving and saying hello, and what to do about what to do about your sweat and more. We are eager for feedback on the show, and the way to do that is to email us at thefinalturnpod at gmail.com. Again, that's thefinalturnpod at gmail.com. We're also slowly building out our website, which is at thefinalturn.com. Okay, enough with the formalities. As always, I'm obliged to ask, Sean, did you run today? I did run today. I went out for a 10-miler. My legs are just sore, and I was kind of mentally tired today, so wanted to see some good views of uh, the Golden Gate Bridge here in San Francisco. So uh, ran along the ocean this morning, and it was quite peaceful, but went uh, went a little bit slower. I actually saw, love to hear about your run, I saw that you did a similar distance as I did this morning at about a minute per faster mile than I did. Yeah, I, yeah, just to grandstand for a moment. It is not often that when we run equal distance that I run a faster pace. But yeah, again, Peter asked me to run. So the last time I ran with Peter was last Thursday. And he, we did this like mountain, we climbed up and and sprinted down. And my knee has been bothering me since it's this weird Mm. pain that like sometimes is really sharp, uh, particularly if it's been bent for a while. But if I ice it and warm it and stretch it, and really coddle it, I can get to the point where I can run. And the, the first couple of days after that run, I was barely able to limp through my run streak minimum, which is 5K. Um, but the last two days, I've been stepping up my mileage a little bit. Yesterday, I ran six miles, and today I ran 10. And it doesn't seem to bother me after like the first quarter mile of a run. Oh, that's good. But yeah, I guess. Yeah, that is good, obviously. But do do you the, feel like it's been getting better though after you know doing more of the icing and the heating? Do you just feel like kind of progressively as days have gone by, like the the pain lasts for a shorter period of time or it's it's dwindling? I think so, but it's so hard to know with injuries. Like, okay, is it that I'm getting better at avoiding the things that cause the pain? Is it that it's actually healing? Is it that I'm getting better at like icing and heating and stretching? It doesn't seem to be getting worse, which is the main thing. Like if if every day was getting worse with my running, I'd be very, very tempted 
to shut it down. But or or is it your body's just getting used to the pain and you're dealing with yeah. it? That's 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 typically how it works out for me. So yeah, I I don't want to inspect it too much because I really don't want to end my run streak, but I also don't want to be injured for the rest of my life. So, you know, you got to weigh those two things. I think I'd probably rather be injured for the rest of my life than lose to my sister. So um, that, that's, that's where I am right now. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll so, check back in next week and, and make sure you're, you're seven yeah. days further along. Yeah. I might be recovering from a left leg amputation, but uh, yeah, I'll try to call in anyway. So, all right. Etiquette. Um, Maybe a good place to start is how did you learn running etiquette? Yeah, you know, I for me, it's I started running at a I don't know how early early age. Uh, I was probably back in like fifth or sixth grade. My brother and sister were both in high school, and they were runners. My sister and brother were both distance runners. I'm sorry, uh, sprinters, but my sister did distance as well, and uh, she was the one that kind of really got me into running. So she's you know she's the one that I kind of first learned a lot of running etiquette from, and where I grew up there was a lot of like running trails. There's a lot of like running paths and everything. So you got, you actually had to, you actually had to have some level of running etiquette because, you know, there's bikers, there's runners, there's walkers, kind of like everywhere you go, uh, everywhere you went in the park. But as I, you know, kind of dove into, uh, you know, high school running and running with, you know, larger groups of folks, um, I kind of just learned, you know, from like seniors in high school and as, as I've gotten older, but I, you know, I, I always find, something a little bit interesting when I go out and run with new people and how they behave and like what their etiquette is. So I always feel like I pick up on like little things with, with new folks that I run with, you know, individually or, or with larger groups. Um, Did you, how did, how was it for you, Keith? Were you just like kind of pick it up over the years or? Yeah. I mean, I think it's basically osmosis through running Mm -hmm. with other people and seeing what other people do as with, as with many things in life. Uh, I don't know. I feel like, Etiquette is a little tricky, right? Because some things are important to do for safety reasons mm-hmm. and some things are just sort of cultural. Um, and, you know, if you don't do the cultural things, you might get sneered at just as much as if you don't do the safety things. And it's, yeah. you know, so there's like a difference between the two. So I think like t- in today's episode, we should get into like some of these things. So like, okay, so a primary thing is, okay, you, you, you have a street and you need to know where you should run on it. Uh, and people have different opinions on this, but I think there is a right answer. Do you, what do you, what do you think the right answer is? Let's see if we agree. You always run on the left side of the road. You run against traffic, like no questions. I, right. in, uh, in the United States, it's the left side of the road against traffic, no matter where you are. Well, the, I have a question. I have a question for you. Actually, I was running, uh, you know, in San Francisco right now, there's a lot of streets that are shut down in areas within the city that are shut down for pedestrians and cyclists, mm-hmm. which is awesome. But do you still run on the left side of the road or do you run on the right side? I, I actually don't know. I, I switch back and forth between the two. Yeah. I don't like running on embanked surfaces. So if there's any slope, I really, I don't like it because it's not good for you. Um, <laughs> and, you know, if you're on a busy street, you sort of have to deal with that. But yeah, with all these street closures, I, I've been sort of hanging out in the middle. It's safe. Yeah. The, the road's closed for a reason. Um, that's one of the reasons why I like running in Golden Gate Park, which is the big, biggest park in San Francisco. And the streets are there. Streets are they closed on Saturday and Sunday or just Sunday? So the the main the main street is closed all the time now. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's nice because you can sort of you know you can get space away mm-hmm. from other people and you can you know have a nice smooth surface to run on. Um, okay. So roads against traffic, which 
I, I think not everyone knows this because if you're on a bicycle, you go with traffic. Right. And so yeah, the reason for going against traffic is you can see cars coming in your direction. And so you can move over a little bit more and you sort of have your safety as the primary thing there. Yeah, my, my wife actually didn't know that until she started running with me. So she was running for quite quite a while, always running on the on the right side of the road. And the, the yeah. first time that we ran with one another, I was like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, it's a little un, it's a little unintuitive. Yeah, and, it is. But still, it's it's fun to judge. Um, <laughs> so, all right. So a couple other things here. These ones are sort of obvious. But yeah, when you're merge cautiously when you pass. So like look over your shoulder and make sure that, you know, you've, you've cleared them. Um, you should pass people on the left. So as you're coming up to someone, there's some debate about this, but if you can just say something like I'm on your left, so they know to move to the right. How do you feel about, do you say on your left or do you do anything or what do you do when you pass people? I do. I I, I try to have some good etiquette. I think just like growing up and always seeing and hearing other people say like, oh, on your left or approaching on your left. It was, it's always just like, it's, it's a nice nod and a nice acknowledgement for um, just for other people and you just feel better about yourself, I guess. Uh, but the really frustrating thing is when you yell like on your left, like three times in a row and they clearly, they don't have headphones in or they're just walking and they just don't move. Or it's like a group of like four or five people that are just like taking up the entire sidewalk. Yeah. The naval and, blockade. Yeah. And then you end up passing on the right because, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's probably the wrong, yeah. it is the wrong thing, but it is. I don't know is. what you're supposed to do, right? Okay. So, you know, if you're, you could, you could stop and, you know, calmly explain to them, Hey, you know, there are runners coming through here. You should do this. Right. Okay. So that's option one. Option two is you can increasingly loudly, uh, yep. shout, uh, you can sometimes I'll, I'll whistle if I feel like they're not hearing my voice. And that oh, will- interesting. I'm a pretty loud whistler, so that can that can help. That must be hard. Is that easy for you while you're running? I just it's it's a real talent, Sean. Yeah, I that that is. I can feel like it's... add that to my CV. <laughs> um, the number one skill, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's tricky. Um, and then yeah, you can just sort of like run around them, and then you know some people some people are pretty obnoxious about it. You know, they'll run around. I don't get past very often, but when I do, sometimes they'll they'll do so, and then you know they'll like come back over like a little like you know just that that moment sooner than like feels appropriate. That mm-hmm. can be. What about what about like cyclists passing you? Because a lot of like cyclists have uh, bells on their bike, which is really nice because it's like an easy way to actually yes. have headphones in or something. But then like this morning, there was like a really obnoxious cyclist just like for I guarantee like 100 or 200 feet, just like consistently like every half second, just like ringing their bell. And I, I don't know, like it's nice of them because they want to let you know that they're coming. But I feel like there's just like there's a lot of like anger behind that ring of the bell sometimes. Yeah, there's some area in the middle that's the perfect amount of notification where both parties feel like it's the right amount right and then but like you know it's a little bit like driving like anyone driving a little bit slower than you is a moron and anyone driving a little bit faster is a maniac right right right. so yeah like if if they get outside of this like really narrow bounds you you get upset but yeah i do like i mean the problem with bikers um you know let's like let's say you're on like a you know single use path and or a multi-use path and it's narrow uh, if they don't ring and you happen to, maybe you're stopping for a second or you sidestep, like there's potential, there's a real potential for danger there. Yeah. And so it's nice when they ring because, you know, it just sort of lets you know, but yeah, a lot of times they don't. And so, well, this, this kind of, this kind of gets into our, our pet peeves part. Um, I, one of, one of my biggest pet peeves actually of, um, 
is cyclists that uh, don't don't like get over. Um, like sometimes there's like cyclists that are on, they'll be uh, kind of talking about the like single path or like even on the sidewalk, you know, very clearly in a lot of places in San Francisco and other cities, you know, there's always a bike path, but there's always that one or two uh, bike, you know, cyclists that will go on the sidewalk for whatever reason. And you're like running towards them and they, they're sit, they're standing or cycling in the center of the sidewalk. And you're like, where am I supposed to go? Oh, it's, it's so frustrating. Yeah. I mean, this is an issue on the Embarcadero in particular, which is a popular tourist bike riding area in San mm-hmm. Francisco. And yeah, you, you just have like all these beginner bikers on the same path as as runners going in both directions. And it's it's a mess. Um, D- so I'm I, not I, sure who should yield to who. Like uh, when I'm on my bike, I think they should yield to me. And when I'm running, I think exactly. the biker should yield to me. <laughs> so. Yep, exactly. It's, it's, uh, it's so situational. It's uh, when I first moved to San Francisco, actually, I was so excited to run across the Golden Gate Bridge, but I did mm-hmm. not know there was a side for cyclists and a side for pedestrians. And I oh, went no. on the cyclist side, never. Yeah. And for anyone that's ever visiting, going to visit San Francisco or has and wants yeah, to go, make sure the you bridge, get that right. Make yeah, sure you dude, get that right. You will get annihilated. Uh, yeah. Well, you'll get sneered really, at. At right. best case, you'll get like really aggressively sneered at. And yeah, more likely cases, you'll get clipped. Um, yeah, it's, it's brutal. Um, I have one more thing to talk about with like, like where to run. What do you do at stoplights when you're running? Uh, I look both ways and if no one's coming, I go, I I don't wait. Like, uh, I, I definitely run with, I dare not ask you what you do when you're on your bike. Cause that, 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 (laughs) let's, let's, let's let's stick to running here. Uh, okay. So what's your, what's your rational? So I do the same. What's your rationalization for that? You know, it's, it's stopping and stopping and starting running is really hard, especially when you're in a rhythm. And, you know, it's like today I stopped, I had to stop at a stoplight because I, you know, the cars were coming obviously. So I stopped. And when I had to like start good, running, good like, when I, when I had to start running again, my legs were just so tight. Cause I had to sit there for 45 seconds or whatever it was. And I don't know if there's no cars coming and you look both ways a couple of times, like what's like, it's my risk. I don't know. It seems harmless. Yeah. yeah. And you're incurring the risk to yourself. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a tricky one, right? Like I can imagine people with different opinions here. There there are some situations where I'll stop every time. Like if I'm running with the run club, you just sort of have to, because you you have other people around you that are sort of your responsibility. Um, but if I'm running for time, I really don't like stopping. Right. And did you know if like the, the time between when the stop, uh, the crosswalk sign goes, don't walk to the light actually going green is like three to five seconds. Yes. I, I mean, it varies, but I feel like I know the stoplight patterns of almost every stoplight within three miles of my house in the city. Like I, I know which ones have like a left arrow that comes after the green or before the green and like Mm -hmm. what the patterns are. Um, and because I hate stopping and you can sort of see like at, you know, for like some of the major intersections, I can see, you know, 30 seconds before I get to it, sort of what's going on. And if I need to like maybe do a little flourish to buy some time, I can do that. And I don't know, I'm a bit obsessed with it, if I'm being honest. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting because one of the, the reasons why I run in like, you know, usually early mornings is so there are like, I can go through more stop signs and stop lights is because like in San Francisco, there's like a lot more, there's traffic during the day. There's literally a stoplight or a stop sign every like 500 to a thousand feet in the city. So if you go out early, there's like so many less cars and so many fewer cars and it's just easier to kind of quote unquote, just go through them. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, especially during the pandemic, there's some periods of like really low traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I have a couple things that are like sort of crossovers between running etiquette and pet peeves. One of them is when I'm running with somebody and they carry loose change or noisy keys, it <laughs> drives me insane. Cause like, I mean, you hear it every step mm-hmm. and I wonder why it's not driving them crazy. I wonder if on every run for like the last year, they've been like slowly, you know, bludgeoning their brain with that. Like, oh, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't I, understand it. I have personal experience up until recently. I put all of my, I put my keys in like my loose pocket or in my, in my running shorts. And, you know, I never really, I always like realized it was like a problem or like, because but I was running by myself. So I didn't really care as much. Like I kind of just drowned it, drowned it out. But when I started running with more people more often, I'm like, wow, this is must be really annoying for them. But the, kind of the the catalyst for me was a lot of the a lot of the pockets in my running shorts started like building holes in them, so my mm-hmm. keys would consistently fall out. So now I actually just like tie them to my waistband so they don't actually j- uh, jingle. Um, yeah, but I was I was I mean, that guy. Maybe I'm maybe I'm oversensitive about this, but I should I announce this on a podcast? Yeah, I put I, I carry just one key. And I put it in the planter next to my apartment's entrance because I don't even like hearing it rustle against the credit card that I carry. Mm. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I'm probably thinking out loud about this. I might be mildly oversensitive about this. <laughs> I actually, um, I have, I have also since moved. Uh, I put my keys in an area around where I live as well. Um, I don't like to carry them anymore. I've actually been like, it's very freeing carrying nothing. Okay. Uh, when you, you don't want to so. announce where that is on the podcast. <laughs> I, I do not. I do not. Okay. Right, fair enough. Um, okay. So my next, I guess thing is, okay. So I, I blow my nose pretty often when I'm running. Um, and this is obviously a little bit off-putting, especially when I'm running with other people. So obviously you want to be as careful about this as possible, you know, to check your, check over your shoulders, uh, on one of maybe it was the last or second to last, uh, track workouts. I, we were doing, we, we were doing, I don't, we were probably doing 800s or something. And in one of the rest jogs in between the 800s, I blew my nose and I wasn't paying attention. And Gordon was right behind me. Oh. And <laughs> I, I didn't realize it. And then, you know, he brought it up, which he should have. Mm-hmm. But like, man, can you imagine if I did that now? Oh, uh, it would cause like, there would be like police action and, you know, possible trial. <laughs> but yeah, be yeah, be 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 sensitive to that. I've done that on my bike a few times too, like waiting at a stop sign, I'll I'll blow my nose and like accidentally. Do you um, so do you typically out somebody in in non in non COVID times? Do you typically do it like in the motion of like actually running at a at the a standard speed, or do you like slow down and kind of like go off to the side and do it typically, or, or kind of what's what's your mo for it? I have my own. Um, I do not slow down and go off to the side. I I think I have mastered. I've I haven't gotten to the point where like Paula Radcliffe is, where she could like poop while running a world record marathon. But yeah, I can blow my nose while while running at at speed. Okay, so I I can too. But I typically, if I'm running with other people, I will usually like uh, drop back like five or so meters, and then I'll do it. Uh, I'll do like my like the blow my nose or whatever it is, and then like speed back up. Uh, but if I'm like running by myself, I don't do it at all. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, when you bring the, the COVID kids at thing home, up, I was just going to say, yeah, for the kids at home, like do what Sean does, not what I do. <laughs> and yeah, with, with COVID, it, it actually feels really weird. Even when I'm by myself, if I, really if I blow my nose yes. during a run. So I, I try 
not to, but it's getting cold outside. So it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. it's almost impossible. It gets cold and then, you know, hay fever season is going to come in the mm-hmm. spring. And uh, yeah, I you just, you have to be conscious of it. Um, okay. I have one more like pet peeve here, which is, uh, well, actually that's not true. I have like a hundred more, but uh, <laughs> in this section I have, yeah, don't wear too much perfume or aftershave or like strong axe deodorant or whatever when you're running with others. Generally don't when you're running, but mm-hmm. especially with others, it's, uh, it's aggressive. It is. And it's, it's, it's sometimes like, you know, with folks that put on so much, it's like when you take like a deep inhale and you're running, it's, yeah. it, it almost chokes you. And if you have to do that for like, you know, 10 miles with someone else, it's, yeah, oh, it's, it's hard. Do yeah. You, it's brutal. Do you, do you wear deodorant when you run? I do. Yeah, I want to be. I want to be clear about something here. Don't wear overscented deodorant, but do wear deodorant. Um, I mean, you don't have to. And I know some people have like concerns about zinc and stuff, but I don't know. I think those concerns are mostly unjustified. I don't think wearing deodorant causes cancer in the long run. But uh, yeah, if you. <sighs> Especially well, you, on long runs, it can get aggressive. What's yeah? What's your opinion on this? Well, so I won't. I actually don't wear deodorant when I run solo. Uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of like, who's gonna like? No one's gonna be by me if they're by me. There's for like a half a second or whatever. Like they can deal with it. Yeah, uh, I guess I, it's your wife's problem when you return home. But <laughs> it is. She's like, oh my yeah. god, he's terrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, like if if I'm running with like you or or, or someone else, like I, I will put some on because it's it's like there's like a certain etiquette to it. But it's yeah, like the non scented. This is good actually. We have like we have like a vein of disagreement here. We don't we don't yeah. disagree often. Okay, so do you not like wearing deodorant because you're worried about some term some long term health consequence, no. or you, it just feels like your armpit fits, pits feel more free, or like what's what's going on there? No, I just like what's the what's the you're point? trying to save money on deodorant. It's you know it's it's kind of funny. I, I'm not like deodorant's actually a qu- quite expensive for what it is. If you think about it, it's like five or six bucks for a stick of deodorant. And it I don't is, think it's yeah. like, it's not the fact that it's five bucks. Like it's not like a terrible amount of money, but the fact that it's $5 for what it does is kind of ridiculous. Um, and I, I'm like always like, should I buy the two pack or should I buy the single pack? And I always buy the single pack because the two packs like nine eighty nine or whatever at target. And like, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so this is and, a silent protest against big deodorant. <laughs> well, no, the, the niche deodorant startups or whatever they are, they're more expensive. My wife like looked at a non-scented deodorant like a couple weeks ago because you know she yeah. wanted something. It was like sixteen yeah. bucks. Yeah, no, the the bespoke deodorant business. You know, you'll hear podcast ads for it and stuff. I can't believe. I mean, just everything is bespoke and, and boutique these days. But it's, yeah, it's De- deodorant's the latest one. Like, oh, you can customize your own deodorant scents. Like, uh, I'm good. I'm gonna stick with uh, Gillette. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for me, it's it's like I just like don't know why I have to. I don't know. Like, it just like doesn't make sense for me to put on deodorant when I'm gonna like. I don't feel like deodorant does that good of a job of like masking the amount of sweat that I do when I go out for a 10 or 15 mile run. So like, what's the point of even like trying to mask it? Um, okay. Yeah. By myself, I guess I've, by been, I've been in the, I've been in the habit my whole life and uh, it's a community service really. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay. Let's see. What else, what else do I have here on my, my pet peeves lists? Oh yeah. Okay. I don't like it when, I'm running and somebody passes me and I just, I can tell that I'm going to pass him again, like 30 seconds, 35 seconds later. And then sure enough. And like, what are they doing? Why do they do that? Like, why do they feel compelled to? It's so frustrating. I've, I, I kind of have the same thing on, on my list. It is like, 
yeah, people who like race you for 10 seconds, they beat you and they just stop. And they think right. it's funny because they're like, oh, I can beat you. Like, I'm just going to like run. Because like, what happens for me is I'll, I'll run past them and then they get all like hurt about it. And then they'll right. like speed up and try to pass you. And then they stop or, or they slow down. Just the fact that they beat you. And like, I'm not trying to race. I will actually, I will take that back. I, I, I used to play this game where I, uh, I count the number of people that I pass on a given run. But that's for another time. Uh, but it's just really well, frustrating. And you're I, not going to like, you're not going to make the, mis- the mistake of sprinting to pass someone only to let them pass, only to be forced to let them pass you back moments yeah. later. Like that's, that's the problem. Like I don't mind getting passed. I, I mind it, but when it happens legitimately, I'm like, yeah, good on you guys yeah. um, or gals. Um, but when it happens, yeah, when it's just somebody who's doing it for like some brief ego hit, it's, uh, it's. I, I remember I was doing this, uh, I was at the end of a tempo run one time and I passed this like group of, I don't I think they were, they were just walking and I heard them saying like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if you just beat that guy? And this guy started like running at, like tried to beat me and he like, he like passed me a little bit and he's like, ha, I got you. And then I just like blew past him. I'm like, what, what, what are you trying to do here? Like I'm, I'm like exhaustingly dead at the last like 500 meters or 400 meters of this tempo run. But I'm like, yeah. this is ridiculous. It's it's yeah, so annoying. Yeah. No, you can't can't stand for that. <laughs> um, okay, what else do I have about here? Uh, oh, I've, okay. So this is a couple things about like running with other people. I hesitate. Uh, okay, I'm going to skip this. One. Maybe we'll get to it. Okay, the second one is when people bail like the morning of. Uh, you know, like you've, you've arranged to run, you're like, okay, we're going to meet at, you know, 8am or whatever. And then they bail the morning of that mm. really bumps me out. Like I'm pr- a pretty well-motivated guy. Like I, I can, I can handle it, but it's, it's hard enough to motivate without having this big letdown moments before you're supposed to get out the door. Um, right. And especially in those mornings or those days where you're like, oh, I don't really feel like running too much, but I know I'm going to be running with someone. So at least like it'll make that run a, a bit more enjoyable. And then yeah. it's just like your expectations are just shot. Yeah, I mean, the I like the accountability of running with someone else, but I'm extremely careful not to not to let running partners down because, well, one, I'm extremely sensitive when it happens to me, and two, it's yeah, like you're not just you're not just not doing it for yourself. You're, you've sort of brought the other person into your your lack of motivation. Then, and yeah, I just think it's kind of rude. It's okay yeah. to bail on a run, but don't do it. You know, right before you're <laughs> don't supposed do it at seven forty five or like after right. I don't want to. What's right, what's exactly. been like a um what's been like an excuse that is a kind of like BS or just like really? <sighs> um I had a running partner tell me that <laughs> she'd had too much to drink and got laid the night before. And I was like, you know what? Good for you, but like, yeah. yeah. Now, now I'm jealous and also irritated, and yeah, it's uh, yeah. That was that was that was a somewhat recent one, uh, and yeah, I wasn't I wasn't impressed with that, but um, that's funny. <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, what else? I mean, uh, yeah, people come up with all kinds of bad excuses. Good excuses are fine, but yeah, bad ones are are weak. Yeah, it's like just just be honest, and we'll, right. we'll uh, it'll be better for the for the next yeah. time. So exactly, what, what do you what do you you know when you think about like you know I know you've traveled a ton, and you know myself you know would travel out to a lot of different countries, even like different states and different places. Have you kind of like seen any like difference in behavior towards runners or like different etiquette that you you've had have uh, you know going in running in Asia, running in Europe, yeah. or in, anywhere else? Yeah, definitely. Um, I was in Jamaica a few years ago and 
man, you just feel like an Olympian out there. Like everyone on the sides of the streets cheers as you go by, really? go by they give you a thumbs up. Like it's, it's great. That's like really it really cool. is great. Uh, on two of my runs there, somebody like just joined to run with me for a little bit. And like, they just like matched my pace. It was just, it was, this is, it was, yeah, I wondered what like living in a place like that would be like, where like everyone was so encouraging about running. It would, I feel like, you know, maybe that's a big part of why they're, they're so strong and sprinting and running generally, because it's just such a, it's such a shared experience for everyone. Yeah, there. It, was, it was really great. Huh. Um, that's I, really I, I mean, cool. I have some other countries to talk about. Do you have any? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, uh, back in my early early twenties, I traveled to China quite a bit uh, for work and got to you know be, go to China mainland a lot and Hong Kong and I, I did a, I, most of my running was actually indoors there, just kind of given like the air quality and also running in China when you don't have Google Maps because um, if you get lost, you can't really talk to anyone and you can't really find your way around. I was like kind of hesitant to do it, but yeah. and the thing that freaked me out the most is I did go out on a few runs, but. The, there there are no traffic laws in China. Like people just, you know, the, the intersections are like, you know, half a mile wide, it seems like. And there's constantly people just like ignoring stop signs and like going through, um, you know, intersections at will. But surprisingly, there's like never any accidents. So I always like found myself, if I did go out on a run, it would be like in this kind of like secluded area, like maybe around the hotel or the Airbnb or wherever that I was staying at, where I didn't want to go out in this like kind of like 10 mile journey because I just didn't like the traffic laws were kind of like ambiguous to me. And I was, I was afraid of, uh, of just getting hurt or something like that. Have, have you, yeah. have you run in Asia, like in China before? Yeah, I have run in China. My sister lived near Shanghai for a while and I visited her for a little while and we did some running there and I don't remember how we did the routes. This was a number of years ago. Um, but maybe she helped with that or yeah, I don't remember. She probably did. Um, I've done, I was in Southeast Asia for three to four months last year and I did a bunch of running while I was there and it's a little hard to run there. For starters, it's very hot and very humid. I was there in the sort of late spring and well, the early spring as well. I was there for a while, uh, but it's, you know, so you gotta get, you gotta get used to the weather, but you know, running is not a thing that's, that's very common there. So there aren't great sidewalks in a lot of places. If you're running on the road, the drivers there aren't used to seeing runners. And mm -hmm. so you have to be really, really, really careful. The intersections are crazy, um, especially in like Vietnam and Cambodia and, and Thailand. You just get these, you know, soups <laughs> of like 12 lanes of people on mopeds in every yep. direction. <laughs> and it's just, it, it's crazy. So yeah, you just really have to take some care. Um, another issue um, in some countries is there are a lot of stray dogs. And yeah. so if you're running, uh, I didn't really realize how good the United States is on, on this front. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. What do you do when like you sort of like approach a dog that's like barking at you really aggressively? Do you try to outrun it? Do you sort of slow down and, you know, sort of put your hands up to show that, you know, you're not a threat? It's, it's a little... It's a little yeah, that, harrowing. It happened to me when I was in the Dominican uh, years, a few years ago. And I was like, I didn't like, there was so many like stray dogs and cats and everything around. You're just like, you didn't really know what to do. Cause it's like kind of like rural roads and these like dogs and stuff are running around. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't even remember what I did. I was just like continuous. Like I just ran and I'm like, yeah, maybe this I dog's going to come just, after me and it's going to be bad. Yeah. I mean, my strategy is you try to give it as much clearance as you can. And 
if it if it's being aggressive, you have to sort of try to <laughs> calm it as best you can because you know you're probably not going to outrun it. And that's that that's something they don't teach you in college is how to uh, how to right, fend yeah. off stray dogs while you're running in foreign countries. Right. right. But like yeah, Europe. Go oh, sorry, go on. I was saying, yeah, yeah, I was going to bring up Europe as well. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. Europe is like I, every time I've gone to Europe and run, it's it's pretty chill. Um, yeah. Like, th- there's a lot of runners in Europe. They're like used to like walkers everywhere. Like, it's a, like most cities are so pedestrian friendly. I've never had any issues there. I've always like found myself like meandering and wandering around and finding new places and cool views. Like, that's been like that, that's a super fun part of like being in Europe. Is it it's is. really easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my only, I guess. It's not concern. My only issue, and this is this is a me issue, is that I, I almost never run with a shirt on. And I feel like that is less acceptable in Europe than it is here. I can see I get, that. Yeah. I get more uh more looks and, and comments. And some of them are good actually. But oh, I was gonna say, do, do people actually sure like people actually like say something to you that's I mean, like at like intersections or something? it's mostly mocking from other men, is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, look, about I, don't, it, right? I don't speak I, I was in europe last year for three to four months as well and you know and i went to a bunch of different countries but I, you know i'm just an ignorant american i the only second language i speak is a tiny bit of spanish and so yeah. I, I can't tell what's being said to me but you can tell from tone yeah, and, uh, yeah. they were they were complimenting on my my awesome style <laughs> uh, i can totally see that so anyway all right so i mean i have a lot i have a lot more to say about clothing i have a lot more to say about like etiquette particularly race etiquette but this might be a good place to wrap for here and we can we can dive yeah into i agree stuff. i think it'd be you know we can have another podcast or another episode definitely about race etiquette there's we can go on like hours about that and all the pet peeves and all the yes. how do you best prepare and like what's the best etiquettes and yeah i'm happy yeah exactly okay all right well we'll get to that soon so thanks for joining us for episode three of the final turn uh, again, we're desperate for some feedback, and the way to provide that is to email us at thefinalturnpod at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope to have you back for episode four.